0: Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. So, when we were doing the introduction, I mentioned uh, cabbage chocolate, uh, a Victorian teenager, and Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, and how they're linked. Well, it turns out that they're they're actually linked in in quite a strong way, actually. But instead of starting with that uh, young lady. Um, I'm going to actually start back in, in my earlier life because I think I want to share some things with you from that that link into where I'm going today. So sit back, make yourselves nice and comfortable. You're going to miss all this sitting on in comfortable chairs at one point, you know, um, uh, you're going to miss all that. But uh and listen to really part of my story. Some of you will know bits of this, but I'm not giving the full version of everything. But uh, everything that appear that is is relevant. So there's two stages to me being a Christian, and uh, stage one actually was in the 1980s. I went off to Leicester University uh, just after I'd been working for NatWest Bank for a couple of years, and. I would, God. God had set me up for going there because when I got there, I, I was someone that said that they were an atheist. So I told people I didn't believe in God at all. That was kind of a decision I'd made that God did not exist at this point, which was surprising when you hear some of the other stuff in a minute. But I'd got there as a teenager, an older teenager, and now in my early 20s. But God had set me up because in the Hall of Residence that I joined uh, there, I was the majority of the people in that corridor, the men in that corridor, were Christians, which certainly wasn't the case for Leicester University. So everybody I talked to wanted to tell me about Jesus. I was kind of the, you know, this was a great opportunity to convert Paul. I certainly wasn't having any of it, and I made it my ambition to, try and convert these Christians away from this useless thing that they believe in, believing in Jesus. Uh, and the guy that was next door to me called Richard Barnes became a really good friend. Uh, the only, the only um, problem with this friendship was he was a born again Christian. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure that I saved him from this faith of his. And so one day I went into his room and I said to him, could I borrow a Bible? And I remember the look on his face was one of excitement, because obviously he'd been praying that maybe I would, he'd have a situation to share more with me. So it was exciting. And uh, he found me and gave me a Bible, which I still have today. Though It got so well used, it's stuck together with sellotape and stuff now. But he gave me a Bible, and I said, well, I'm gonna, I want to read the book of Revelation, because I want to prove to you all this Christianity stuff is rubbish. Uh, And his face sunk when I said I wanted to read the book of Revelation, because, as you know, that's quite a difficult book, full of all incredible imagery. And it isn't probably the one you think, oh, I want somebody to read this who already thinks Christianity is rubbish. This is the book for him to read. But I did read Revelation. And and then because I noticed in my Bible, it told me that uh, the guy that had written Revelation was called John. I decided I would also read John's gospel. Uh, and it was through reading John's gospel and that one verse from Revelation that really convinced me that I needed to give my life to Jesus, despite all this uh, atheism that I, was, I I said to profess. And um, the verse that got me in Scripture was this one from Revelation 3.20. Now, when this verse comes, God is really speaking to his church. Jesus is speaking to his church But it's also a great scripture about how God speaks to us as individuals. And many of you will know this one. Uh, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Notice how Jesus is there knocking on the door to your life. And actually, this applies whether you know Jesus yet, whether you're the church community together, or whether you're a Christian. Because there can come times when there's areas of our life that we shut out. Even if it's not our whole life, we've got little rooms locked off. And Jesus knocks on those rooms but notice he's not just knocking on the door to stand out there or say hi do you want to come on a walk he actually says i will come in and eat with you and now in the culture of his time this is especially significant because it's talking about making covenant with you it's i will i to eat with somebody was a very precious thing of agreement together of course we now know that that means the new covenant. I will make a new covenant with you, one where you are forgiven by God's mercy and enabled by his grace through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But there it is. Come in and I will eat with you and you with me. It's an invitation to a personal relationship. It's an invitation to let Jesus come into your household, sit down with you, and get to know you in fact he becomes the one that reconciles us to god the father and enables us to be filled with the holy spirit so i lay on my bread uh, on my bread no on my bed and i prayed this prayer for the first time giving my life to jesus except that it wasn't the first time it was only after a little while later i found Uh, I've mentioned these before my grandmother's prayers for me uh, to be to come to know Jesus and my grandmother died when I was five and this is when I was 20 so my grandmother never saw the answers to her prayer and I also found this here this little New Testament which was given to me by my grandmother Uh, it's actually a very old New Testament Um, I don't know where she got it from actually maybe my mum knows I don't know Uh, but it Uh, It dates back to at least the 1920s. So she'd either had it a long time or somebody else had given it to her. And it belongs to a group called the Pocket Testament League. We'll find out a little bit more about them because this book became very influential on me at the back. Now, when did I have this book? When I was about eight or nine. So we're talking back in 1973. And in 1973, I was at a children's mission uh, that was being held called the Children's Special Service Mission, CSSM. We just used to call it CISM. And I had listened to a lot of the message that was going on there. Uh, And in the back of this little book here, you can just see it there, I hope, not very well, My Decision. And can you see, it tells you at the bottom uh, for... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that, and I've written in, in my childish handwriting, poor Abel who believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's obviously John 3.16, and normally it has whosoever, not just Paul Abel. But this was a pocket testament thing, taking hold of this promise, particularly John 3.16 in the Bible, and making it yourself. And it says at the top, my decision, you probably see that, and it says, believing that the Lord Jesus Christ died for me, I now accept him as my saviour, I ask him to blot out all my sins, I will acknowledge him before others and trust him day by day. And it says then, if you will make this decision, you should write your name on the dotted line beneath. And then on the inside, you've also got this whole thing, the pocket testament lead, and it says membership card. You probably can't quite read that. And my very old address is there. But, um there there, you sign to say that you accept membership in the pocket testament League, and you're going to make it a habit to read a portion of the bible each day at least a chapter if possible and to carry a bible or testament with me wherever i go and this was a specific thing of the pocket testament League. and so i gave my life as a young boy uh, to jesus and i grew uh, up with that faith when i was uh, a teenager uh 13 and going on to 14, I actually had to go into hospital to have open heart surgery, a bit like we just ho- heard Ron's story. And um, it was a serious operation. We're now going back to 1977. So open heart surgery was still very pioneering. And there were three boys uh, there in the hospital ward at the National Heart Hospital in London that were going to have the same operation, which was to do with opening up a heart valve and mending a hole that was in my heart if it wasn't going to be done the the doctors felt that i would die uh before i was 20 or certainly in my early 20s um and so it was kind of that choice of having a risky operation uh or or not uh, and in fact i it, it's it's sad it's also happy to say but um the two other boys that had the operation at the same time as me they both died on the operating table or just after and so i remember one of the parents or two of the parents of one of the boys i should say coming to see me afterwards um they probably wouldn't let you do it now would they but these two parents came and and said we're so very happy that you are well um and they told me of how their son had died on the operating table and they said would you please live your life for our son as well and i remember promising them that i would so there were these very significant things going on in my life the becoming a christian and really really knowing i was a christian uh, when i was a young boy in 1973 going through this operation and going into the operation i knew that i had about a one in three chance of surviving it and my parents well can you imagine i can't actually imagine what it must have been like for them but i remember being in bed and them talking to me about it and they were they were quite stressed i could tell i was a young teenager i could i could see though obviously they were they were being really strong for me but uh, i was um at complete peace i wouldn't say i had faith at that point to say oh god's going to heal me but it was a bit like ron actually said in his testimony I knew if it didn't work, I knew where I was going. And my concern at that time was actually for my mum and dad saying, look, I don't want you to be unhappy if I die because I'm going to go to a wonderful place. This obviously made them cry. I'm going to be really happy. and I don't want you to be really unhappy after I've gone. Just remember where I am. But God saved me. God brought me through that. I'm not really sure what happened in the next few years to make me leave all of that behind. So as I was by the time I was 16, I didn't really believe anything. And certainly as I went away and joined the bank, I really hated working for the bank. I got very depressed and miserable. And I think in that time I just gave up on God completely. But I still had this. So what's the next connection with this girl from 1877? I expect some of you are already slightly ahead of me. Uh, the name, the girl's name was Helen. And yes, she was born in 1877. Uh, and her, na- she, um, when she was 12 years old, her father had taken her to a mission hall that he organized. Uh, and her father's name was Richard Cadbury. Her name was, Helen Cadbury. So this is where the connection with chocolate came on, because her father ran Cadbury's in Bournville, in uh, just on the or was then just on the edge of Birmingham, and uh, it was actually her great grandfather that had st- started up the firm of Cadbury's making chocolate. And she went forward in this meeting of tw- when she was twelve years old because she realized she knew about jesus but she'd never surrendered her life to jesus and this was obviously the message and she went forward and they had a system of going forward to give your life to jesus and then you would be taken out to a back room and you would pray through that situation with somebody and she prayed through and gave her life to jesus with um, her father called richard Uh, and as she prayed with her, her father uh, she knew right from that very beginning, a key scripture for her at age 12 was that this is part of her testimony. Uh, she knew the, the verse from Luke, uh, chapter two, in ver- uh, chapter 10, verse 2 from Luke. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and send to send laborers into his harvest. So there's people out there that want to know Jesus, it's saying, but they basically... There needs to be people willing to do it. And as a 12 year old, she knew that very often we are the answer to prayer. Look around your household right now. We are the answers to this prayer. And she wanted to make Jesus known. And at school, she used to have a habit of, of, of having her Bible with her. And she would leave it on her score desk so that her friends would ask her what she was reading. And a, a whole sort of thing happened in her school where girls were giving their lives to the Lord and when she was around uh, around sixteen she with the girls she formed us a group called the pocket Testament League so this is eighteen ninety three she's just a teenager with other teenage girls and they formed the pocket Testament League because her father was wealthy wealthy he owned cabries he would buy her small um uh, new testaments and they would in their society learn how to uh sew pockets into dresses uh which is an unusual thing isn't it have a pocket in a dress uh so that you could carry your small bible with you at all times so isn't that amazing that this because what happened then was this vision never left her um and those girls went out into the world. But then sometime later, when she got married with her husband, they continued this idea of everybody carrying a copy of the scripture so that you could both read it and also share it. And that's exactly what happened. And since that time, hundreds of thousands of people have been affected all over the world today. Right now, all that many years later in 2020, you can still go to the Pocket Testament League uh, websites because there's websites in America and Australia and many other nations. And you can get hold of Pocket Gospels uh, that you can. What And the whole purpose of that is so that you can carry it with you so that you can um, share it with others. And so that you can be reading it yourselves in the front of this Bible. It tells you all about how you need to carry it with you and share it. And it says, and we've made this easy for you by putting uh, these color pictures inside, which must have been really unusual back then, mustn't it? To to have, because this is probably the 1920s, although it might be slightly earlier. There's all these different color pictures inside uh, a book, which would have been unusual. They're colorized photographs uh so that you can uh interest people by using the color of the book uh and today it's good to use things that enable people to have that like initial uh connection there's a few uh, there's a lady called sarah saying can you pray for somebody we don't know for bingol and she's asking uh, us to pray that uh, he would change his mind and soul and put uh, put on your blood, I suppose, say yes to Jesus and become a Christian. And certainly, yes, we pray that you would come to know Jesus. For instance, for, I think it's for instance, I don't know how that name's pronounced. I apologise, Sarah. But it's not just an, a moment, uh, it's not just praying for somebody like that, but it's also each one of us being prepared to make the known of Jesus known. So that actually, if I hadn't read this book, uh, if I hadn't had contact with this New Testament, that was the beginning of my walk with Jesus. That was in 1973. So that was a hundred years roughly after Helen Cadbury had been born. And she'd actually died in 1969. So she would died a few years before. She would know nothing of this. And that really is part of the vision of using these to give to people all over the world you can still go on their website and they'll still send you uh, pocket test gospels to use um, all around the world and they don't they they ask they ask for a donation but they're also willing they say if you can't afford it um ask for somebody and, and and somebody else within the membership of the pocket testament league will actually pay for them because they're so passionate about getting out the word of god Uh, by giving out the new testament but the thing is it's the individual laborers and that's really the message of the more the whole morning is just this is the time of households it is the time of meeting in households the time of prayer in households but part of the purpose of what god is doing is to enable the laborers and it's not just you know a specialist class here it started with the vision of a 12 year old girl that is now worldwide literally worldwide Uh, It went worldwide early in her lifetime when it was much more difficult than it is right now. This broadcast is going out everywhere. But back then it it meant things needed to be set up in each country and books printed in each country. And that is exactly what happened as people caught Helen Cadbury's vision for this. So, who knows, you might be 12 right now listening to this. The vision that you've got in your heart, you might be 8 years old. The vision that you've got in your heart, you might be 52 or you might be 82. Who knows what God can do with the vision that is in your heart because he takes things and he multiplies it way beyond what we would expect. Helen Cadbury died in 1969 and still her vision has grown and grown and grown. And you've heard testimonies today of god's faithfulness through open heart surgery in ron in myself you've heard the testimony of how this this girl um born in 1877 who gave her life to jesus in um whenever it was 1889 uh, and formed a club at her school that has gone worldwide who knows what god can do with what you have it's just we have to be willing to be laborers in the harvest field like Ron was saying he didn't just get well by reading the Bible he got out the house and he started exercising and he lost five stone because he chose to make positive decisions in his life yes God can forgive us for the things we do wrong God can forgive us for our laziness or going off into things that are harmful of course he can but we also have to take positive action and direction In everything that we do and maybe maybe today you're going to be determined to carry some form probably not this 1920 edition but carry some form of gospel with you all the time so that you can make the most of every opportunity to give it away you might want to check out their website we'll put the details um, here on YouTube where it is but if you just Google pocket Testament League you can find it and you can look at the original one which is in the UK uh, and then there's another real huge division in the um, United States. Read, carry, share. That was their motto. And that whole idea of reading the word daily, I think this is kind of one of the full circle things of God. The whole idea of reading the reading God's word daily, of, of, of God's word being really important uh, and of knowing the scripture, in other words, carrying it with you and sharing it. When I became a Christian at university in the 1980s, um Richard, the guy who was next door, who then was later my best man, the Christian group that he'd become part of there in Leicester was called the Navigators. And that's the group that is led by uh, our great friends, Brian and Kath Blacklock. In fact, I know Kath is watching because she was commenting earlier about Juliet's um, worship and how it helped her to engage with God. She enjoyed it. Uh, but that was the group that I was therefore taken on. And do you know what that group really value? getting into the word of God, reading it daily, memorizing it in that in that way, carrying it with you, potentially carrying it with you all at all times anyway. And we can do that now so easily in our on our phones. But if we want something to give away, how about some of these things? Getting them from ourselves. Not expecting somebody else to sort that, but taking the initiative. And then finally in the navs, the navigators, the other important thing was to share the gospel with others. I remember setting up Bible study groups in my halls of residence with people who weren't Christians as I tried to share it Um, even in the comments if you have access to the comments somebody has already shared the PTL which is pocket testament league UK website you can also have a look on the navigators website if you like they have lots of resources as well for this whole thing of carry uh, read and share every single day as you make the most of your god-given opportunities well, I hope you've enjoyed those stories today. I thought a slightly different um, approach this morning, but just uh, wonderful how sort of, as I was bringing it together, I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing how God uh, has brought this whole story together, even to somebody commenting uh, um, in the comments that Sarah for uh, Mustafa bin goal. oh, that's another person, Sarah, um, also to come to know Jesus to be saved. And also, as we finish here, then this is really the wrapping up, just a minute or two. Don't forget that we've got um, some of our own resources. Let me just block out my face for a minute. Uh, And remind you of this one. Want to know Jesus? This comes up here on this site. Who he is, his message, and what he's done for you. You can find out more by visiting kingdomfaithyorkshire.com forward slash know Jesus. There's lots of extra information there on that website that's right on your screen right now. Um, And you can find out exactly what it is that Jesus has done for you. And how you can come to know Jesus for yourself. There is also a free book available Uh, through that website and through the links that are on that website that you can ask to be sent to you to enable you to come to know Jesus. It's like that little 12-year-old Helen realizing that you could know about him, you could have heard of him, but there's something additional that needs to happen when you repent of Going your own way, of making your own mind up, repent of your sins and change direction and follow Jesus, and that you promise to rely on Jesus for the rest of your life as you receive the Holy Spirit to enable you to walk every day so that you can live a life as one of his disciples. And believe me, it is the beginning of a great adventure. All right, everybody, that is really uh, it from me this week it's been a great morning thank you ron for joining me thank you levi and juliet for sharing us your lovely wonderful news thank you alex and juliet for doing the worship on our screen and for the team dan able particularly behind the scenes making that happen uh, and thank you everybody who've come along and joined in today thank you for all your comments but uh, we have reached the end but don't forget You can still carry on watching. There's the J247 video um, coming up. Um, uh, You can watch that here on this channel for all you uh, younger guys. And um, there's going to be some special surprises, I think, coming up in J247 this week. Um, Ignite, they've got a video as well for you younger teens, the same age as Helen. uh, Helen Cadbury that you can watch as well after this and also don't forget we have the opportunity to go to hub online hub online is our zoom meetup it's quite easy to get on you can find the link how to do that here in the comments john will be putting it up uh, very very shortly and you can just click through or you can go to our facebook page just look for kingdom faith yorkshire on facebook and john will also put the link that you can just click on to join our zoom online hub online um and we just meet for a um bring your own cup of coffee we just meet for a chat and we can split up into smaller rooms so that we can enjoy the morning okay praise god all right that that is absolutely it this morning so god bless you and see you all soon keep safe